Today's Bible reading is taken from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord, and in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. You guys want to grab a seat? Thanks, man. Okay. Wasn't that great? The kids are just wonderful. It's brilliant to have everybody together. This is our third week in a mini-series called This Is Us, where we're thinking about being the church, being God's people, and how that we are described in the Bible. We've thought about being the flock with a good shepherd, and then we thought about being the body of Christ, and next week we'll finish the series thinking about being the temple of the Holy Spirit. So today we're thinking about being the family of God. It fits in really nicely with this as our all-in service and having everybody in today. It's really lovely having the whole family together, or at least everybody who's not away sunning themselves somewhere warm. And thank you so much to, to everybody being involved, to Sarah and the, to the band, and especially to Micah, Matthew, and Isla, who did so well there. It's lovely to have our whole family involved. Um, and I'm really looking forward to, guys, to the kids, I'm looking forward to seeing your pictures at the end, okay? So we'll, if anybody wants to come up and show your picture at the end, we'll see what the family of God looks like in your eyes. So use those creative talents that God's given you to worship him this morning. So today we've read from this passage in Ephesians. It talks about different people coming together to be members of this household, God's family. And then it changes tact a little bit and describes the household like the growth of a building with Jesus as the chief cornerstone. It says that in him, we're all joined together and then we rise to become a holy temple, a dwelling where God lives. And this is a bit, a bit strange in some ways, especially if we're not used to this type of language. It was aimed at the Gentiles, who were people who weren't from Jewish heritage. So they were from different family lines to the Jewish people and didn't practice the Jewish religion. It was thought that they couldn't possibly be included in God's plan, that they couldn't be part of God's people. But Paul, who wrote Ephesians, who wrote this letter, is throwing that out the window. He's telling them, them, telling them that they are included. Not only that, but they're going to be one big family together all because of Jesus. Now, we don't think in the same way nowadays about the, the Jews and the Gentiles, at least not in a Northern Irish context. But for us, basically imagine anybody who is part of the church as being God's people. And anybody who isn't part of the church, who's from a different background or religion or from somewhere else, um, is more than welcome to enter if they believe in Jesus. Just like Paul is saying to the Gentiles, this message is for everyone. And that answers the first of three questions that I want us to think about today. Who is welcome in the family of God? And the answer is something pretty unique and really great about the family of God. 
through Jesus, anybody can be welcome into the family. This is a family where, in loads of ways, we don't need to look alike or act alike um, or think alike. As a family, it's a family where you'll find people together who you might think, what on earth do those two have in common? Or, even worse, how on earth do those two even get on? And that's because the only thing we need to have in common is Jesus. That's, that's going to be the answer, okay? The kids knew that one. We see this by looking at a couple of verses just slightly further back in the chapter of Ephesians. In verse 15, Paul says this, speaking about Jesus. His purpose was to create in himself one humanity, one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we, have, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. So this is telling us that Jesus came to make a way for Jews and Gentiles or those already as part of the church family and those outside the church family to all be together as part of the family of God. And he did this through the cross. Jesus' death meant that our heritage, our past, where we're from, our differences, and even, most importantly, our sin, they aren't a barrier to us being part of God's family anymore. So, who is welcome in the family? Anyone who puts their trust in Jesus. So next question, what does it mean to be part of the family? This is the meaty bit. Because being part of the family God of God is great. So firstly, it means we have brothers and sisters. That's all of you guys. Okay, from the smallest and youngest to, to the oldest, from those who have been here for years to those who are brand new. This is the family of God. We're part of the same family, so we're brothers and sisters. So, we should act like brothers and sisters should act. We should love one another and care for one another. We should have each other's backs. We should strive to bring the best out of each other and to challenge each other and to help each other out. But we'll also likely bicker with each other, squabble, and maybe do each other's heads in. Anybody in here do each other's heads in? I'm sure you do. Some of you do my head in. But anyway, I have three kids, okay? And their second favorite thing in the world to do, okay, is very simple. It's just to annoy each other in any and every way possible, okay? And me and my brothers and sisters, when we were kids, we were... I say when we were kids, we're still the same, exactly the same. I was sent a video this week of two cartoon character kids, okay? And they've both got their arms poking out at each other. And they're not quite touching each other, okay? But they're both shouting at each other. Well, probably their parents, saying, she's touching me, he's touching me. And the caption at the top just read, my kids, all summer. That's been our experience so far. And that was me and my siblings as well. That's what we were like at home. Is that most siblings? Please, please tell me it's most siblings. Yeah, okay. But do you know what my, my kids' favorite thing is? 
ahead of annoying each other. It's to make each other laugh. Jokes, being really, really silly, tickling each other, whatever. Anything that can make each other laugh and smile. Normally to the point where somebody gets hurt and then we all end up in tears again. But they love to bring out joy in each other, to see the best in each other, to smile together. They love to wind each other up, but even more than that, they just plain love each other. Healthy siblings should look like this. And siblings in the church should look like this as well. We have a really good example of how that should play out in the end of Acts chapter 2. The church has just been formed and it's, it's, it's brand new. We read about how they're devoted to the teaching of the apostles and to being together, properly together. Verse 44 says, All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. Isn't that a wonderful, beautiful picture of togetherness? Real close family togetherness. It's proper love, proper care, proper joy, and growth. New members of the family every day. Now, we have these brothers and sisters here, but there's a couple of other members of the family that haven't been mentioned yet. Firstly, there's another brother. In Hebrews 2, we read, In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. And this is the really great bit. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Jesus is our brother and he's not ashamed of the fact. Such a brother that he's the one who has earned our place as his brother or sister. And he has a high opinion of us because of what he has done. And just as, as, as excitingly, we have a father in this family. Paul tells us earlier in Ephesians that in love, he being our father God, predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. We are sons and daughters of the one and only Father God, Alpha, Omega, creator of all things. By trusting in Jesus, we have been adopted into his family. Adoption was in the news this week in a bit of a, an unusual way. Football fans will know of Deli Alley, or Deli as he prefers to be known now. He was interviewed about his recent struggles with addiction and mental health. And it was a big news story during this week. Now, I naturally have a soft spot for Delhi being a Spurs fan, but I was incredibly impressed by how such a young lad was opening up about such deep and painful topics and trying to do something really positive in what is a really toxic world. 
Part of Dilly's story comes from a difficult early family life. His mum struggled really badly, and there were lots of bad influences. He didn't have the father figure that we would all hope for, and there were some particularly traumatic events. But part of Dilly's story is that things changed massively when he was adopted age 12. There he found a safe, loving, and caring home. People who protected him, pointed him in a good direction, who were looking out for him even when he didn't want their support. These are his words. I was adopted by an amazing family. I couldn't have asked for better people to do what they'd done for me. If God created people, it was them. I know of another bloke who has said in the past that it weren't for his, if it weren't for his amazing adoptive parents, he'd either be in prison or, in, or dead. Our earthly example of family for each of us may have been great. For some of us, it may not have been good. So the idea of a heavenly father, a heavenly family may not be appealing for some of us. But this family that we're in, while not at all perfect, is designed by the perfect, all-loving Father. And that it includes and is held together by Jesus Christ, who loves us so much that he would go to the point of death for us. So whatever your experience of family is, this family of God is designed to be all the good multiplied and perfected and none of the bad. Which leads us to our third question. What about when we don't act like family? Because let's be honest, some of you have heard that last bit and thought that you wanted to scream, but it's not like that in this church, or it's not like, what, that's not the experience I've had of church. And you're right. Are we really the perfect siblings? Do we always feel like this family has has got your back in tough times? Because the frustrating truth is that the church doesn't act like this image of the family of God anywhere near as well or as often as we would like to. Don't get me wrong. We get so many glimpses of this perfect image. I've had the privilege of seeing so much of my brothers and sisters being exactly who God calls them to be. But we all get to see the messed up, dysfunctional, selfish, irresponsible, frustrating, broken family life as well. Because we are all broken. All of us. All of this. We read today, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We're being built. The temple isn't complete. We are still a work in progress. Jesus is the chief cornerstone of this holy temple. His holy, this holy dwelling in which God lives Shane's going to share some more about the temple next week, so make sure you're here for that. But we're a work in progress. Jesus has joined us together. That work is done. 
And now we're rising to be this temple. In Jesus, we are being built together. And the work won't be complete until he comes back to finish it, to make all things new and perfect. So in the meantime, we are a work in progress. And that means we get it wrong a lot. We'll hurt each other. We'll let each other down. At times, we might not resemble the type of family that God would even want to be a part of. But isn't that why we need Jesus in the first place? Now, in the meantime, we, we try our best and we take the lead of our brother and we respond to the instruction that's been left for us. In Colossians 3, Paul writes, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. I spoke a few months ago here about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Do you see the resemblance, the resemblance here in that list of fruit? Verse 22 of our passage today says, and in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. By the grace of God, we strive to follow his instruction and his example, and we rest on the power and guidance of the Holy Spirit to be filled with his fruit. And when we get it wrong, we bear with each other, forgive one another, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Love as Jesus loved you. Love to the point of sacrifice. Love despite being offered nothing by the other. Love to the point of gaining nothing but a restored relationship. Love for the simple reason that it's your brothers and your sisters. And you're all in it because we have the same father and the same brother who joined us together by loving to the point of dying for you and for me. So, this is us, the family of God. Who's welcome? And this, isn't like, this isn't like earlier where questions for you guys. You can shout it out if you want. But who's welcome? Anyone who trusts Jesus. In the words of those famous theologians, the Backstreet Boys, I don't care who you are or where you're from, what you've done, as long as you love and trust Jesus as your way in. Sorry, that was incredibly cheesy. And what does it mean to be part of the family? It means we are brothers and sisters. Look around you, whether you like it or not, you're brothers and sisters. So we have a family responsibility to love and look after each other to forgive one another, to, to want the best for each other. And we have this other brother, Jesus, who, like many big brothers, is the one who sorted out our mess for us. It also means we're adopted sons and daughters of the Father, the one who is love. And finally, what do we do when we don't act like family? Remind ourselves that we are a work in progress. 
It's a good design, but it's a work in progress. And with the Holy Spirit to guide us and strengthen us and build us into that temple. And one day, Jesus will come back again, and then this family will be made perfect, just like that design he had for us. I don't know about you, okay? But when I read about this and, and what I've experienced in the family of God, it's something that I desire. It's something that I want to be a part of. And something that I get excited for the final version that we'll all experience when he comes back. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that through your son you have adopted us as your sons and daughters to be part of this family that is a good design, a good plan, the best possible plan. God, we thank you that you love us. We thank you for your son who loved us to the point of death on the cross. And God, we pray that you would give us the patience and the kindness to forgive one another, to, be, to wait on one another, to challenge one another and to build each other up, to care for one another the way a perfect family should. And Lord, I pray for those of us who have been hurt by family in the past, either family on earth or by our church family, that you would intervene in our lives that you would help us to see past what is not yet perfect and to see you. Open our eyes to see how you love us and to see the beauty of your design for your family. I pray this all in your son's name. Amen.